I want to take a few minutes right off the bat before we even get into our passage of what scripture says heaven is like. Heaven is like. And in our inheritance, we have this inheritance that we have now, right? We, we receive the Holy Spirit when we're born again. When we receive Christ, we were justified. We're seen as holy and blameless. We have all these truths. But what we forget sometimes as believers is we have that present tense, but there's a future tense that we have. And that's our hope. And so I just want to uh, remind you of some great things that I think these believers in Colossus were reminded of when they were reminded that they have an inheritance. This is what heaven's going to look like. I wrote down seven things. There's a lot more, but I just wrote down seven from Scripture. Number one, no sin. No sin. No selfishness. No pride. No, no being inhibited. No being like, what's that guy saying? No gossip. No sin. Abounding in Faith is the broadcast ministry of Emmanuel Bible Church of Howell, New Jersey. If you are blessed by this message, please subscribe to our podcast or YouTube channel. You can also download our app by searching for IBCNJ in the Google Play Store or the Apple Store. For more information, please visit us at www.ibcnj.org. Our speaker today is Pastor Mike Hurd. Uh, Colossians chapter 1, verses 12 through 14. In your uh, Pew Bibles, it's page 983. In your Pew Bibles, page 983. On your phones, it's Colossians chapter 1, <laughs> verses 12 through 14. Is everybody there? Say Amen. Say amen again. I just love it. <laughs> All right. Colossians 1, 12 through 14. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. Thank you for these truths. Speak to us this morning, Lord. Help us to walk out of this place changed. This is an amazing passage, Lord. Just show us who you are and what you've done for us that we might rejoice and magnify your name, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, please be seated. Please be seated. Welcome to Emmanuel Bible Church. This is awesome. Um, man, I feel like I'm doing the announcements. I'm sorry. Um, all right, so we're in Colossians chapter 1, verses 12 through th uh, 14. And today, um, in our passage, we're reminded uh, to give thanks to the Father. To give thanks to the Father. So many times in Scripture, we're challenged to give thanks. And Joe reminded us yesterday morning with the men, that it's an imperative. It's actually a command to give thanks to the Father or to God. Um, but in this, in this passage today, I want to look at some beautiful spiritual truths. I love being up here and just seeing all your beautiful faces. Isn't it great to be brothers and sisters in Christ? It's just so awesome. Um, it's so good to be belong to a local church. Um, but today we're going to look at a passage, and it's so beautiful. There's some spiritual truths in here that I would like to dig out and uncover um, that we would really recognize that Paul is challenging these believers in class to give thanks to the Father but for some specific reasons. 
Uh, Paul here reminds the church in Colossae of the inheritance that they have received, of the inheritance that they have received. All right, now, if you're here and you're in Christ, you have an inheritance in him. That's good news. And so, in Colossians, we know that Paul is writing to the church in Coloss Colossae, and that they've, in verse 4, he says, we heard of your faith in Christ. And so, these are believers in Christ. And to encourage them through the circumstances and situations that they're facing, he encourages them to remind them of the inheritance that they have. That all of us have, so we can walk out of here encouraged today. And so, as I was, um, I was challenged to think of an illustration, to try and think of um, a way to, to illustrate this inheritance that we have in Christ. And so I went through all sorts of sermon illustrations, and I couldn't find, I mean, they're all really, really good. But this one really caught my eye, and um, yeah, it's such a blessing. So, listen to this illustration of the inheritance that we have in Christ. A man had a heart attack and was rushed to the hospital. He could receive little company and was not to be excited. While in the hospital, a rich uncle died and left him millions of dollars. His family wondered how to break the news to him without, with the least amount of excitement. And it was decided to ask the preacher if he would go and break the news quietly to the man. So the preacher went and gradually led up to the question. The preacher asked the patient what he would do if he inherited millions of dollars. And he said, I think I would give half of it to the church. And the preacher died. <laughs> the preacher dropped dead. I'm sorry. He was too excited. He dropped dead. The, 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 the other guy was all right. I'm sorry. I, had just, I saw that and I said, I got to throw that at you guys. Uh, but no. So what I want to do this morning is I want to be reminded of the inheritance that we have in Christ. And so <clears throat> I want to take a few minutes right off the bat before we even get into our passage of what scripture says heaven is like. Heaven is like. And in our inheritance, we have this inheritance that we have now, right? We, we receive the Holy Spirit when we're born again. When we receive Christ, we were justified. We're seen as uh, holy and blameless. We have all these truths. But what we forget sometimes as believers is we have that present tense, but there's a future tense that we have, and that's our hope. And so I just want to uh, remind you of some great things that I think these believers in Colossus were reminded of when they reminded that they have an inheritance this is what heaven's going to look like. I wrote down seven things. There's a lot more, but I just wrote down seven from Scripture. Number one, no sin. No sin. No selfishness. No pride. No, no being inhibited. No being like, what's that guy saying? No gossip. No sin. Hebrews 12.23 tells us we are made perfect. And he's talking about in glory. Jeremiah 3.17 says, No more shall they follow the dictates of their evil hearts. No sin and glory. Isn't that something to look forward to? Imagine a place with no more sin. Just our own flesh. No more battle with this flesh. How many here battle with the flesh every day? Oh, man, how I long and yearn for that. No sin. Number two, a lot of worship. Does ever, anybody here like to worship? Wow, that was lame. I love worship, guys. I don't know about you. I love worship. But yeah, there's going to be a lot of worship. Revelation 7, 9 through 10 
says a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes to peoples and languages are going to be there worshiping before the throne of God. And this part Johnny Mac is going to like. The next verse says this, crying out with a loud voice. It's going to be uninhibited worship. You're not going to worry about what the guy next to you, well, I wonder what he thinks, how I sound. Right? You're just going to be up there. You're going to be in his presence. And you're going to, oh, my, I can't. I'm inhibited. There we won't be inhibited. Magnify the Lord with me. Yeah, but we're, there's going to be a lot of worship. No sin. A lot of worship. In, uh, in Revelation 7, 16 and 17, every provision, every provision is going to be there for us. There'll be no hunger and no, neither thirst anymore. No one will thirst anymore. All, you're just going to be satisfied. And what's beautiful is that's the physical satisfaction that we're going to have. But then he says, he will guide them to springs of living water. And that's talking about a spiritual satisfaction. Can you imagine just being satisfied every day? Number four, we get new bodies. Who here wants a new body? <laughs> I know my wife. Put your hand up, honey, higher. All right. I'm talking about her MS. She has, she struggles every day. And I got to listen to that groan. And I'm, I'm encouraged because one day she's going to have a new body for this perishable body must put on the imperishable. And this mortal body must put on immortality. This is amazing. No longer are we going to be subject to our bodies to physical decay or aging. And it's going to be immortal. It's going to go on forever. This is our hope. Number five, no sorrow. God will wipe away every tear from our eyes. No sorrow in heaven. Is this good news? Number six, it's a paradise. I know when uh, we go away on vacation, you ever go away on vacation and all of a sudden you show up, you get off the bus and you walk and you, you walk in and you're like, wow, man, I could spend the rest of my life here. This is beautiful. And your, your jaw just drops. That's not even close to what heaven is like. Not even close. Revelation 21, 21 says it's got gates that are made of pearl, streets of gold. Revelation 21, 19 and 20 says precious stones adore the foundation of the city wall. We're just going to be blown away when we walk in. What's crazy is the thing that we, we cherish right now, right? Everybody's searching after gold. We're going to be treading on it. We're going to walk on it. It's going to be so common. So those are six things that we have in heaven, but I, I would be amiss if I didn't remind us of the seventh, the seventh one. Ultimately, he will be there. Revelation 21, 3, 3 and 4 says, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. Is that beautiful? All I can do when I wrote that was, I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Surrounded by his glory, what will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus? Or in awe of you, be still. Will I stand in your presence? Or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah? Will I be able to speak it all? Of course, that's a song by Mercy Me. Thank you. 
Mercy me. Uh, what a beautiful reminder. Guys, that's the inheritance that we have in Christ. And Paul here in God in his word is challenging us to give thanks to the Father for this inheritance. No matter what circumstances you're going through, right, we have that inheritance set before us if you're in Christ. And that in and of itself is enough to give thanks to the Father. But Paul calls them and us to thanks for just not the inheritance that we receive, but how it was provided. And in this text, it gives us three, three actions that God has done to provide this inheritance for us. And what I want to do is I want to unpack that a little bit. The three things in our passage this morning. So go back to Colossians chapter 1. Look at verse 12 with me. It says, Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. And so the, if you have that fill out, if you have your handout and you're filling out notes, the first fill in is, He has qualified you. That's an action from God. That qualified means He has made us able. He has made us able to share in the inheritance. We didn't deserve it. He made us able to get it. Galatians 2.16 says this, Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ, even we have been saved by faith in Jesus Christ and not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law, no man can be justified. And so there's nothing we bring to the table. God made us able to receive this inheritance. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace you are saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is a gift from God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. It's a gift. You can't earn it. He's, he's, he's offering it. He offers it to us. And he tells us in John chapter 1, he says, But to as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the children of God. We don't do it. He did it. All by grace. Titus 3.5 says, Not by righteous works which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. We deserve judgment. We deserve condemnation. But because of his mercy, he saves us. So the first thing we see that God has done is he has qualified us. Nothing of ourselves. We bring nothing to the table. It was him and completely him. Amen? So he has qualified us in verse 12. But look at verse 13. He has the second thing that he has done is he has delivered us. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness. And that word delivered actually in the original language means to rescue. He has rescued us from the domain of darkness. Amazing truth. And I think we forget this at times, guys, as we're going through our daily lives. This is an incredible truth. He's made us able to receive this inheritance. He's delivered us from the domain of darkness, God has rescued us from this. And nothing really kind of illustrates this better than Ephesians chapter 2, 1 through 3. I want to read this. So remember here, Paul is writing in Ephesians, he's writing to believers who have already received Jesus Christ in, as their Lord and Savior. 
And notice how everything's in the past tense. He reminds them and he says, in Ephesians chapter 2, 1 through 3, he says, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. God has delivered us from this. This is who we were. This is who they were. Look at the past tense. They were, they were dead. They once walked. They all once lived in the passions of their flesh. They were by nature children of wrath. We have been delivered from that. Isn't that beautiful? We've been delivered from that. And not only that, that's present tense. God takes us from that when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. But future tense, I told you that we have heaven now. But he has delivered us from a future apart from him from all, for all of eternity. He's delivered us from that. Don't miss that. Don't forget that. Which the Bible describes this, this way. Remember in heaven there's no more tears? In hell it's described this way. There will be weeping. Matthew 8.12 There will be wailing. Matthew 13.42 There will be gnashing of teeth. Matthew 13.50 There will be darkness, utter darkness. Matthew 25 Flames, Luke 16 Burning, Isaiah 33 Torment, Luke 16.23 Everlasting punishment in Revelation. This is what he's delivered us from. Should we give thanks to the Father? So look at what God has done. He's made us able to receive this inheritance. There's nothing we can bring to the table. He's delivered us or rescued us from the domain of darkness. And then the last truth of what God has done in your notes. He's transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son. He's transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son. And so let me try to illustrate this. This is what God does. This is what God has done for us to inherit what we've inherited in Jesus Christ. Here we are. I'm going to just... We're born sin. We're born in sin. The Bible says, uh, right, we've inherited that sin nature from Adam. Right? And so because of that sin nature... We are in utter darkness. We're separated from God because of our sin. I love uh, one, one saying goes like this. We're not sinners because we sin. We're not sinners because we sin. We sin because we're sinners. It's inherited. We're sinners. And so here we are. Think about what God has done in this passage. He has delivered us. He's actually plucked us from this domain of darkness and put us in to the kingdom of his beloved son. Isn't that beautiful? That's the gospel. And that's why 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. If you're here and you're in Christ, you're a new creation in Christ. And it says, old things have passed away. Behold, the new has come. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that wonderful news? Isn't that, is not that it God worthy to give thanks? No matter what you're going through. I don't, 
I'm looking around and we know a lot of each other's stories. And I know there's a lot of pain, a lot of suffering, a lot of trials and difficulties. But we have a hope that rises above all that. God has given us this incredible inheritance. God has qualified us for it. He's delivered us from the domain of darkness. He's transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son. All this is by grace. It's free. All you got to do is say, Lord, I get it. I trust in your Son, Jesus Christ, to save me. It's a free gift. But there's one more point, and I would be amiss if I didn't bring this up. It's a free gift. It's by grace alone. By faith, wholly and fully, in the work of Christ on the cross. But there's one more point this morning, and it's in our last verse. It is completely free to us, but look at verse 14. Talking about Jesus in verse 14, it says, In whom we have redemption. The forgiveness of sins. That word redemption means a price has been paid. This gospel, this inheritance that we have in Christ is free to us. But it wasn't free to the Son. He paid the price. So we don't have to. <sighs> what, a, what a gospel. What a gospel. That redemption that Christ paid the price. Think about this. Christ paid the price. All the judgment that I deserved for my sin, God the Father poured out on His Son, Jesus Christ. So I don't have to bear it. He bore it all for me. So that I could have forgiveness of sins and so that I could be transferred from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of his beloved son and I could have that future in heaven for all of eternity set before me if that doesn't make you give thanks to the father hold on let me get, everybody do this check your pulse see how you're doing this morning but this is glorious news and so I'm gonna I just got some a few applications this morning just two applications um, for this passage that I fell in love with um, one application, if you're here or, or if you're at home and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, He paid the price for your sin so that you could be redeemed, that He would redeem you from the slavery of sin and give you freedom in Jesus Christ. He did it for you. You receive it by faith. Now think about this. There's a lot of churches out there. There's a lot of messages out there that are saying, ah, oh, there's a lot of ways to God. There's a lot of ways to get there. But I got, I got news for you. This passage says, uh-uh. This, this passage says we're redeemed through Christ. He paid the price. I got to say it. Muhammad didn't pay the price. Confucius didn't pay the price. Buddha never paid a price. There's only one way. To the Father, and that's through His Son, Jesus Christ. Christ himself said, himself said, I am the way, the truth, 
and the life. Nobody comes to the Father but through me. So if you're here today and you've never put your full weight on the finished work of Jesus Christ, do it right now. Stop right where you're, right where you're at. Just sit and just say, Lord, I get it. I'm a sinner. I'm separated from you. I trust in the finished work of your son that he paid the price for my sin that I could be reconciled back to you and I could be transferred from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of your beloved son. Just do it right now and the angels in heaven will be rejoicing. That's number one. If you're here and you've never committed your life to Jesus Christ, do it right now. Number two, if you're a believer here, and you walk out of here and you don't have some joy in your step of what God has done for you, um, that we should walk out of here giving thanks to the Father. No matter what our circumstances, no matter what we're doing, we should be able to, I'm going to use a, an illustration that Pastor Mike used a few times and it's from Pastor Chan, right? If I, had a, if I had a line up here, if I had a rope and it was going from that door all the way across the room over to the other wall and it was just this, this rope was time, right? If this rope was time. And if I were to take a little pin, if I was to take a little pin and I was to put it in that rope, that long rope, and put it in here, and that represents your life compared to all eternity, eternity past and eternity future, that little pin was your life. What we're going through now, what Paul would say is what is he in Second uh, Corinthians? I want to read it to you. In Second Corinthians four, listen to what Paul says: "For this light, momentary affliction, whatever you're going through, think about what Paul went through: beaten, stoned, whipped, all those things to death. For this light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison." Amen. What a, what a blessing to know what we have in glory. No more pain. No more sin. New bodies. Ultimate joy. Satisfaction. <laughs> I heard Janet say amen. All right. Listen, guys, that's what we have in Christ. So I want you to walk out of here today and for the rest of your lives met, just meditating on this truth that we can give thanks to the Father no matter what you're going through. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, amazing, Lord. What an amazing passage. What an amazing God you are, Father, that you would do all this for us. And the ultimate sacrifice, Father, that you would love us enough to send your one and only Son, that He would purchase our pardon, that He would redeem us, Lord. And we just receive that by faith. Father, thank you for these truths. Lord, I ask and pray, Father, that we would be as a people, a people who are thankful, a people who are never-ending thankful to you for what you've done for us. And Lord, that this truth would inspire us no matter what we're going through, Lord. Lord, that we would persevere and go through with thanksgiving in our hearts for what we have future tense. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the previous message. We pray that you were blessed by it. For more information, please visit us at www.
at ibcnj.org.